let's do it we'll have some we'll mushrooms th- stare at the fire it'll be great sounds like a fantastic time that elevated have you done that? <laughs> not me but <laughs> someone some people you, who you has it? it i don't even i don't even <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about you don't, about. Mushroom, you don't bring like shiitake mushrooms on your camping trip <laughs> steak and yeah when it makes or <laughs> yeah i said do mushrooms you know like yeah. on your steak with onions yeah, yeah. oh i got you <laughs> haven't you ever had a kebab? stare at the treetops like and mushroom swiss burger <laughs> camping kebab <laughs> kebabs are like the most unique camping food you can cook them on anything they I'll come with their own little kebab. roasting stick you can prep them beforehand <clears throat> true oh, yeah the kebab Kebab came in my mind as i'm sure it's coming to yours leaving one to ponder about whether it's right or not these last few of any days all right, and welcome back to part two of our Catan episode. Once again, we are joined this week by Jeremy and Vanessa, and we will be returning back into our Catan talk. Well, I think we talked about it probably 42 times so far, but um, again, most of this we talked about the base game. What does the expansions bring into it? Let's, let's go ahead and throw it to the experts, our guests. Reason you're here. Woo! Let's yeah, do the it. only All right. reason. You're warmed Shit. up. You've been on deck. Now you're in the batter box. Let's go, baby. Swing. Let's Talk see about it. Seafarers. Is Are you going to ask them a question? <laughs> you're just expansions. Just leave it open. Expansions. Like, hey, expansions. Let's go. go. Tell expansions. me about expansions. Exclamation point. <laughs> I think actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask no. Vanessa. There's a... We talked about the expansion a little bit earlier, and there's a pretty good like progression. Vanessa, do you want to talk about that? The interesting thing about the expansions is that they, from the creator, he talks about how like Seafarers is the first expansion that came out, and it extended the game spatially. And so, well, I'll let Jeremy kind of explain that one because that's his favorite. But you're able to like expand out and like go discover new lands and stuff like that through the ocean. Cities and Nights is another one that actually provides like a greater depth to the game. I think it like is the more complex game compared to the base game. Um, and then the one I'm actually going to talk about or pick is the Traders and Barbarians, which is something that um, the creator was like kind of hesitant to, to make at first because he writes in his little intro that he didn't think anything else was needed. And then people started asking for like variants to the base game and different scenarios to the base game and how you could combine different scenarios and variants to the the rules that you guys already know and have talked about a lot. So I actually kind of really like that game. Earlier you were talking about the base game and how much more you like the expansions and what they add. So what expansion do you like the most and what does it add that you liked about it? Jeremy's definitely falls in the the line first of like what he created and why he created it so maybe we should let him go Ooh, let's go all right um my favorite expansion not extension extension adds players expansion adds <laughs> new scenarios and games thanks for clarifying i just wanted to 
for our for our listening audience not everyone would know i just wanted to hit on the vocab there so the first expansion was called seafarers um and it's not that much different than the original game except like vanessa was saying it expands the game spatially so there's more hexes there's more places to go and specifically um those hexes are water-based so in the original base game you have your roads that allow you to travel to new locations in seafarers you get a boat um, and you get as many boats pieces as you have road pieces and boats work just like a road um, where you can build boats to build a like a sea route to different locations um, on the board um, now the cool thing about seafarers besides the boats is that there's different scenarios there's nine total scenarios that you can play and it's a different game each scenario and then within each of those scenarios, you can also, there's variability options, so you can also mix around the hexes and make them different, um, however you want to do it. Um, but what's really cool about this expansion is that the scenarios, as you go through them, like one through nine, they become more complicated as you go. So the first four are pretty basic, um, where like, I think the craziest of the first four is a scenario called like the Fog Island. So some of the tiles are flipped over, and then when you build a boat, uh, trading route with boats all the way to that then you flip over the tile to discover what it is so it's kind of like this cool thing where you're you're building but you don't really know what else is on the board yet until you actually build out to it with your boats so it's this fun exploration type of game which i really enjoyed there's other scenarios where there's different islands you can get different victory points in different ways like one of the scenarios there's four different islands set up right at the beginning and Anytime you settle on a new island, you get two extra victory points just right off the bat, just for settling on a new island. So there's there's so many more strategies that open up because there's more ways to get victory points. They introduce another thing that's like the robber, but it's a pirate. Um, and it'll stop your ships from traveling. It'll allow people to steal just like the robber. Um, so the, the game gets more complicated in seafarers, but not substantially more complicated to the point where um, somebody would be overwhelmed. So if somebody even hasn't played the base game of Catan, you could introduce them to seafarers and it wouldn't be that much more complicated just because the boats follow the same rules as the roads. The pirate follows the same rules more or less as the pirate or the, the robber. The robber. Yeah. The pirate follows the same rules as the pirate. As he uh, should. Very simple. Very simple. <laughs> very simple. The roads and the roads, you know. Um, same thing. <laughs> But no, I, I really dig Seafarers just because it's so basic. It also makes me feel like a Viking. I don't know why, but there's like boats. Um, and it also introduces a new hex, which is a gold hex, which is really awesome. It kind of looks like a mix between bricks and like a water. It looks like water, like bricks if you flooded it, but it's gold. And if you're settled on gold and that number rolls, then you get to pick whatever resource you want. So it's really awesome. So it's like, cool, I'm on a gold six and six rolled so now i really need a wood so i'll just pick a wood instead of whatever else which is kind of awesome so but there's all these different scenarios nice. it provides you different um situations it's great that's really cool i good insight i have a i have a question i have played um seafarers but i don't think i've i don't think i ever delved into the scenarios are those all uh, just add-ons to uh, everybody versus everybody, or is there any of those uh, co-op situations? None of them are really co-op. They're um, just kind of add-on to it? 
they're add-ons and it's just different ways now one of the scenarios is called the like for example my favorite it's called the pirate islands in which it adds something for anybody to win so everybody sort of has to accomplish something outside of just getting victory points to win you're still not working with other people but it it is like this extra obstacle that everybody has to overcome a common goal yeah okay that's really cool yeah i was just wondering because you say you know scenarios but they're just more kind of different ways you set up the board and Mm -hmm. how you play through a, a round of it exactly awesome well that sounds really fun what so what was the other one you said you really liked the bandits bandits yeah so cities and nights comes next in like the timeline um because it provides a greater depth and i think robbie picked that as his favorite uh yeah cities and nights is my favorite because unlike seafarers like jeremy's talking about where the whole board is expanded and there's like a bunch of scenarios and different rules and stuff that 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 kind of changed the game a lot um cities and knights doesn't change the board at all it just it just adds things to the base game uh you play like normal you you build a settlement at the beginning of the game you build a city instead of a a two settlements so your second settlement is actually a city and then the reason it's called cities and knights is because cities are actually really important other than just giving you points so there's this constant threat of like a barbarian horde that's coming in to threaten the island of Catan. Um, and every t- so you have an extra dice actually, and on the dice it has a, a barbarian symbol. So if you roll the barbarian, then the barbarian horde comes one step closer to Catan every single time you roll that that symbol. So throughout the game, you're you're managing building settlements and you're building cities and you're doing all the normal stuff, but at the same time you have to build knights to defend against the barbarian horde. And the knights are actually really cool because this is where it, you know, Josh, you're asking about uh, like the co-op and seafarers. This actually becomes sort of a little co-op thing. So when the barbarian horde gets to a certain spot on the board, they attack the island of Catan. And depending on how many knights you have as a collective group, that determines a couple of things. And so it can become a little cutthroat where you're like you're trying to hurt another player so you take away your knights or you are wanting to gain victory points so you add knights to get ahead of somebody else. So ultimately, if the if the bar, if you beat the barbarian horde, whoever has the most knights sort of attacking the barbarian horde, they get an extra victory point automatically in that moment. So that's pretty cool. Um, if the barbarian horde wins, then the person that contributed the least number of knights, they lose a city of their choice. So the city actually gets demoted back to a settlement. And so that that is like a really fun thing to balance at all times. It's like there's this impending doom of the barbarian horde while you're also trying to build barbarian or I'm sorry, build uh, knights to defend against it. But you also like if I don't have a city, so we played this one the other day, if I don't have a city, I don't have anything to defend against. I don't need to build knights. You know, I'm not getting as many as many resources, but I can let Jeremy and Vanessa, for example, uh, defend against the barbarian horde and let them focus their energy there. And I can try to win in another way, which didn't pan out for me, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's just a really fun, like you had, you just have to manage a few more things. And the knights have some other cool qualities. They they're either active or inactive, and you have to spend a resource to to activate them. You have to spend a wheat or a hay or a grain. 
if you're or alfalfa. if you're into that sort of thing or alfalfa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you spend a wheat and you activate your knight, and then the knight has some abilities like the, it can banish the robber, it can move into a different spot, so it can actually break up someone's longest road if you can make it like land in the middle of their road. And then it can, if it's active, it's the only way it can defend against the barbarian horde. So there's just a, there's a few more things to manage. On top of all that, uh, you there's also city improvements. So you can build like citadels and whatever. And you spend re- you spend um, not resources, you spend commodities. So they introduce a separate thing from resources called commodities. And so you have uh, you have books. Yeah, <laughs> there, books there's technical cloth. names. There's books. books, there's bolts of cloth, and, and there coins. are coins. And then the city improvements can get you extra points. They can also get you extra abilities. They can also give you, you get an extra card, and they take the place of development cards. And they can have the same kind of effect as in a development card that will like really drastically change the, the course of the game. That's just PKJ's so, interest right there. He's like, development cards? DC? DCP? The attacking horde, though, and and how many knights are on the board is is one of the biggest ways you can screw somebody over if like they, they have a city and your city is protected because you can build a city wall that's another thing that you can build or a metropolis, so, or a metropolis. <laughs> and so like that stops like the horde and i think that's the thing at one point the horde was about to attack and vanessa moved one of her knights to make it so that we would lose and i was the only one with a vulnerable city and so then the barbarians attacked and i lost my only city and then I lost a bunch of other stuff, and I think that's when I yelled at her and said we should get a divorce. <laughs> it happened. It was real. Shit got really real on Catan. <laughs> it's a dark time in our relationship. But yeah, they they definitely say City and Knights adds like the depth to the game because it definitely it changes up a bunch. Like Rob so, was yeah. saying, doesn't even need like the development card talk is a complete waste of time. It's a it's a whole different game at that point. So. AJ, you alive up there? What are you doing up there? Are you muted? <laughs> so you're muted? Is that what's happening? <laughs> you You've been talking yep. this whole time? <laughs> no, I haven't tried to talk at all. <laughs> oh, okay, good. That's just good. Listening. I've just been listening. I've never played a single expansion, so I'm just learning. You need to get you sure? expansions. They're so much fun. Yeah, I played an extension, as it turns out. <laughs> but that's different. <laughs> I'm serious. I thought we, would we have had so much played fun. seafarers together. Use them both. You... Use extension and expansion in a sentence, please, just to clarify that you understand the difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I Katan use my extension to fit has in your expansion. Multiple extensions and expansions. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> that doesn't explain the difference at all. No, I believe you. I believe you. You'd get a C. I know. Don't worry about it. Just C's ask me tomorrow when I'm more hungover and less drunk, and then I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to get more drunk and less hangover. Hangover. <laughs> Hang, hangover. hangover. Hey, hey, I hate hangovers. Are we going to number to expansion number three? I feel like <clears> we've expansion number three. Okay. We've done two. So yeah. the next expansion is called Traders and Barbarians. And like I said, he created it because people were asking for variants to the base game. Um, some of the stuff I keep thinking about AJ for these actually, because some of the things that really like pissed people off about the base game, he tries to fix with different variants. So like, for example, people were getting really pissed that the robber can like roll so early on in the game and like can shut off one of your, um, hexes when it's like really early and it's really important to be gaining resources. So 
one of the examples of a variant is like called the friendly robber where you're not allowed to actually move the robber for a person like you can't go adjacent to any hex for a person who has less than two victory points um so something really simple Hmm. like that um all the way up to like instead of using the dice they have actually like an event card pack so that the cards guarantee a statistically average game based on how likely it is to roll those cards they have that many or those dice i guess they have that many cards in the deck so um and then they add in on the on top of those cards like so instead of using the dice at all you'll pull a card and it'll say like seven or eight or six on on the top corner of the card and that's like the dice the the production roll but it also has like different um I guess like events that occur in the in the dice at those times so like earthquake for example makes players that have roads built in a certain area ruin their roads and they have to turn them to the side and they have to be repaired before they actually count towards longest road or something like that so um the card pack is kind of interesting because it guarantees that certain dice roll so that you actually are guaranteed that the they play out like they're supposed to but it also inserts different like random events into the card pack. There's also definitely rules for how to play Catan with two people um, in the variants for this game. But what I really like about this game is all the different scenarios you can play. And when we actually played Traders and Barbarians, we would play each scenario at least two times. Um, just because they're like completely random and different. Like there's one that's called Fishman of Catan and it's like all about making sure you settle on the outside, like the outskirts of Catan. So all of the spots where there's harbors and oceans and stuff, um, making sure that you settle out there because if you settle out there, they'll, you'll place these little, like, they almost look like arrows, but they're, they go along the outside of the, the frame and there's fish out there. And so when you, when you roll a dice, you can also like gain fish and the fish can be traded for things um and they also give you different properties so it like introduces fish as like an option or there's like the rivers of Catan expansion or scenario where it allows you to build along a river and you can gain coins and you can build bridges across the river which gives you more victory points and every single game requires a different amount of victory points like it might not take 10 anymore it might take 13 victory points or whatever is actually required so Every single one is really different. There's, I think, five different scenarios in this one. There's one with caravans that includes camels. And if you place camels, you get, like, a certain amount of points in between your settlements. Um, and then the, the last one is supposed to be the most complex, and it's called Traders and Barbarians. And it includes um, the option to, you pretty much have to gain commodities and resources and drop them off at a different uh, location uh, using, like, they look like little wagons, like Oregon Trail wagons. And there's barbarians involved, and there's actual physical knights that you place and defend against the barbarians. It's like, they it can get really crazy. It's very different than the original game. So I like this one because it, it literally introduces a new goal each time, and it's very different than the base games, like at all. Awesome. More ways to win means less ways that Robbie and Vanessa can try to fuck me over. (laughs) (laughs) Math adds up. It's very true. Yep. Are we doing one more expansion? Yeah, so my favorite, actually, I know I already talked to Ignazium about the other one, but my favorite is called Explorers and Pirates. So I think Explorers and Pirates is the most recent expansion 
and to me so the way it fits into like the puzzle of seafarers expanding the the land and the other ones expanding making it more deep and then the one that vanessa described adding just a bunch of crazy stuff to the game i think this kind of brings all that together and is like an actual here's a brand new game that kind of just plays as its own thing that has a bunch of different rules and stuff so it plays out kind of like seafarers where it has scenarios or 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 um traders and barbarians where it has scenarios but ultimately the scenarios are meant to to teach you about the game so that when you play the final scenario you bring all the scenarios together and it's one big massive game so this one is really cool because it gives you the the most variety in terms of ways that you can win the game and so while one person is going for one thing it kind of reminds me of cult a little bit even where you can spend your entire energy on one thing to try to get to the the set number of victory points while another player is setting their their energy in in a completely different direction and both people can be really successful in both of those areas and it's like a race to the finish for that for that reason so i don't think i'll i don't think i'll actually go too much into depth about that unless you guys have some questions about it but i'm going to i'm going to not drag that one on as much i have kind of a general question are any of the expansions meant to be played with other expansions? Like you talked about seafarers is more about like leaving the island of Catan and like the general rules stay the same, but you're you're exploring other islands. And then the knights and cities, it's more about staying put in the base game and adding to the cities and adding rules and that type of stuff. Like, are the expansions meant to be played together? Can you play multiple expansions in the same yes. game? So Cities and Knights specifically has rules for, for seafarers. Yeah, and So you I, can play with seafarers and, and Cities of Knights. Cities the, and Knights. The Traders and Barbarians is, like, totally meant for that. They even have... You can go online and, like, find any combination you want. But it's really cool because you can, like... For example, there's one that's just called Barbarians. You can you can play that, but it involves having Barbarians attack the entire outside of the board. And so if you play that game mixed with the fish the fish one where you need to be on the outside of the board, it's a really interesting like variant because you're literally having conflicting things going on at the same time. So you can literally like combine things and it talks inside it like how to adapt the rules if you're going to play it with, you know, one of Cities and Knights or if you're going to play with Seafarers. So I really like that about Traders and Barbarians because you can add it into anything and it talks about how to do that. Very cool. I like that. You Explorers can, and Pirates is not that way, though. Explorers and Pirates, it's its, it's, its own expansion that exists alone with mm-hmm. the base game. Got it. You can also just kind of figure it out on your own to a certain extent, too, because, like, Seafarers, the biggest thing it does is just... Get, I mean, the main thing it adds is a different type of road that goes across water. That's like all the boats really add on, um, which is cool right. in, its, in and of itself. So you can like play all these other games while at the same time combining it up with, oh, let me just let, just allow me to build a boat and like right. add this different type of road in that I wouldn't normally have. So you can definitely combine even all of the expansions if you really wanted to. There's probably some sort of rule that allows you to do it. Just get creative. Yeah. Good old fashioned creativity. I mean, as long as everybody is agreeing on the rules and the the right. restraints, then like what difference does it make? You don't Klaus doesn't have to tell you how to play. <laughs> Klaus. <laughs> Klaus. If you guys were gonna recommend 
an expansion to somebody as being like their first expansion, what would you what would you pick? Seafarers. I would say if they're not super adventurous, pick Seafarers because it's great and it's fun to like introduce the scenarios and different things that happen there. But if somebody's like pretty competent with Catan and wants something a little more like not not just basic, I wouldn't recommend Seafarers. I'd probably recommend one of the other ones, maybe Cities and Knights. Seafarers isn't much different. It's not a much different game. It just adds scenarios. What do you think the least accessible one is? Explorers and Pirates. (laughs) The one you like, Rob. I think it's intense. Like I said, we played with our friend Tyler and he he beat us the first time but we played it with like the most intense like the most rules the the biggest expansion you can have it literally takes our entire table over like i don't know how tall or how long this table is like four (laughs) feet it's a big it's a big ass board but i think that one's very intense to learn how to play yeah Hmm. i agree Hmm. that sounds intense got it good answer yeah, that was that one's complicated. <laughs> I mean, how many games? Look, we played we played our most complicated game that we've discussed is probably Cult, and yes, y- you just read the rules and you play the game. Like, how many games do you play where they literally build into the rules? Like, play this version first so that you understand it, and now play this version second, all the way to the fifth version, which is actually the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, expansions in general are, are pretty crazy. It's it adds like all of that like you were just saying like it adds it's it's basically like taking a very simple game like Catan and expanding and it making it <laughs> oh shit complicated like cult but cult doesn't have expansions like cult's already just complicated by itself true yeah, yeah. so it's, it's really, fun yeah, though it's, it's really, really fun crazy. though it's like yeah we like it once you learn it it's uh it is hard <laughs> i don't i don't think it's this is as hard as cult necessarily i think it's just what if you had a player who had never played before who played the very most like the craziest expansion yeah i just i mean i don't know maybe i was like really bad at catching on to cult but i think i think katan is easier still (laughs) i think so i mean yeah I, i don't know that's that's a tough one it'd be really hard to sit down to a brand new player and say all right we're gonna play this game and teach you the base game on top of let's say explorers and pirates. That's true. That'd be that'd be pretty tough. When I played this is a whole this is getting into a whole new thing. When I played Carcassonne for the first time, that's a different board game. Uh we played at our friend's house and he had I think four or five expansions. And I don't know why, but <laughs> the vote in the group was to play all of them at once. <laughs> And it was the first time I had ever played. And it was literally like, it was the base game plus five expansions. And it was fucking awesome, actually. Yeah. I like learned how to play the base game later and I was like, this is boring as shit. Like, there's only three things you can even do. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you just play the other game? Like, it was awesome. Like, it took took a lot to learn it, but I I mean, I don't know. I liked it. I mean, I think that's how you'd feel in Catan. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I feel like it's funny because we talked this whole time about the base game in the beginning, but I I feel that way. I feel like if you haven't played the expansions, you really need to because they are way more fun than, yeah. than the base game. Like it's fun to go back to the original sometime and just play base game, but the expansions are where it's at. 
I 100% agree. I've been invited to parties with like coworkers who really love Catan. They're like, come over and play Catan with us. And I was like, cool, which expansion are we playing? And they're like, no, we're just going to play Catan. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to play with that. <laughs> I have things to do that day. That sounds yeah. like really boring. I'm washing my hair. <laughs> I'm washing my hair. I mean, the glory of, of these expansions and probably any expansion, really, it takes all the mechanics of, of base Catan. Yeah. And just makes it cooler. It just makes it like more complex and more fun. Mm-hmm. So, it's not knocking the base game, but yeah, all the base adds some of fun the elements. 122 games you guys have played. How many base games have you played? Oh, that's, that's a, a great question. question. I don't think we distinguish because we actually that's Ooh. a little misleading. I feel like we didn't talk about expansions <laughs> before, <laughs> so you guys point. have not played 120 whatever base games, Mm-mm. right? Yeah, that's. True. I mean, just in Traders and Barbarians, we paid, played each one of those twice. So I mean, we're talking like at least twenty games in just that expansion. Seafarers, we played each one twice too because we played the way that they have it set up, and then also the variant set up for each of those. And so that was that was at least sixteen of just Seafarers. I bet we're on half half expansions. I would say more, honestly. Well, it's all honesty here on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> honesty, it's the Don't best lie. policy. It's not waste. Sometimes people call you out on unfair shit, and you have to just own up to it. So it's just all honesty. <laughs> uh, I think I think we've reached the point in our podcast where we need to ask a couple of questions. Do we have any fan questions? <laughs> I think we lost our one fan. <clears throat> I was gonna I say I don't even think he's listened silent. to Jaws. He hasn't even listened to Jaws yet. <laughs> the hell, Rory? I usually get a twenty-minute fucking right Marco from him after <laughs> each one, like literally five minutes after Robbie's dropped it, which is physically right. impossible since it's an hour-long podcast. But uh, yeah, nothing after Jaws and nothing he simulcasts. after Hitler. He like he's listening while he's Marcoing. Well, yeah, and plus he's, he does the dishes. <laughs> I mean, he told us it's true. Listens while he does the dishes, and he's missing out on the potentially the best episode. I think Jaws is. That's a good one. Secret Hitler's pretty good too. I don't know. I like Secret Hitler. He's probably doing bicep curls. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just get real, guys. Um, All right, let's start with some guest questions. I think we mix up one go first, one go last. That's my vote. I'll go first. I go first. You're not a guest. You're not a guest. (laughs) I'll I'll go go first because I want to get it over with. But no, I think it's a good question. My question to you guys. So back when um, we went to a a gaming convention, I guess, in Loveland that my dad told me about for the children's hospital, they were kind of like all these huge board gamers were like, like Catan when he was like talking about it. He was like, oh yeah, Catan, you know, everyone plays Catan. Um, It's kind of like considered the the intro game or like the gateway drug i guess to playing other games and i'm wondering if you guys know why like why is Catan considered to be the intro game that leads people into this interest in board games i mean i don't i mean first of all i don't know i don't have any concrete answer but my my thought would be that it just is one of those games that got wildly popular wildly fast so that people who play board games like got over it pretty quick and it just became one of those like annoyingly popular things and so 
it was just like easy to like i don't know i don't know about like talk shit about it or shun it but it was just like once something gets that popular then people who are really into board games and take them very seriously you know they leave it behind for the next best thing and all of the all of the tourists or all of the people who just like casually play board games like really latch on for like a long period of time so there becomes like a a rift there between the two opinions so just to clarify you're saying the peop- the board game people don't like it just because it's like mainstream and most board game people that are like staunch board game people probably like more underground games that like not the average person is playing at a party on a friday night you talking yeah, about hipster think- gamers <laughs> yeah, but I think I think what is the big thing to take away is like they probably thought Catan was amazing when they first played it. But then, you know, like they play board games all the time. So then they just move on. They play Catan and it's great. And then they play the next great game and it's great. And then, you know, like a year later, there's still like this mainstream following like Catan is so awesome. And they're like, well, yeah, it was awesome a year ago or what, you know, however long. You know, and they're on to like the next underground game, and Catan just got really, really popular. It's pretty. I mean, I don't know. Based on that explanation, it's pretty similar to like music. I guess. Maybe my answer on that, if you think about it, the the game came out in 1995, and just thinking your history, what kinds of games you were playing in 1995? You have like Monopoly <laughs> or I couldn't have played right, this game. Right. Or, <laughs> right. So there's all these sorts of games, but even just think about the kinds of board games that were sort of around. There's more like Pictionary or, um, you know, those kinds of games. Uh, what's the Trivial Pursuit? You know, those were the ga- party games that people tried to play. And so this, I feel like this game was kind of unique when it came out. I might be completely wrong, but I think that that set it apart. And then it really, after that, a lot of these games where your resource cards and a lot of these games that kind of expanded on this sort of basic idea that held on, what, for the first expansion was 2004? Am I way off on that? Anybody? Mm, I don't know. Well, I I believe it was a good, I mean, there was a good stretch where the base game held on its own. You know, and then eventually they expanded upon it. But it's just a really good uh, resource game that holds up. And I think that a lot of games after it built upon what they did and maybe expanded it before the expansions came out. So maybe all those board game people may have played it along, you know, and got bored of just the basic game. And so maybe that's why they kind of look down on it, even though the basic game appeals to so many people because it is so universally playable and that's why it's popular but maybe it has to do with how long it has been around and how many other games have maybe expanded already on the base game so even you guys are saying you know you play the expansions so in a sense you're not you know you're kind of jeremy looking down on the game himself like i don't play the base game i play the expansions so again that's maybe that's a, a very similar view to how everybody else feels you know so this game has taken what that's doing and already expanded upon it why don't i just play this game hmm. so see just a couple of facts seafarers came out in 97 just so, kidding. Was, so two years see how long it <laughs> held on its 
Uh, Cities and Knights was 99. Yep. Traders and Barbarians was 2004. Yep, that's the one I was talking about. That's the one he saw, yep. That's the one that really changed the game. (laughs) And Explorers and Pirates was 2000. That's the one that really uh, makes my argument. Yeah. If I could pinpoint one. We pick and choose. (laughs) Remember? I find one fact and I just hone in on it. No, I think that's a good point, though, Josh. I mean, just considering the time frame of when it was released, it's not like it's not like Catan was released five years ago when people were like playing board games. Like all the people that were at that board game convention that we were at, you know, that was fifteen years were they ago. Our age? No. God, no. Yeah, of course not. You could. Yeah, we were the youngest people that. there. Easy. Yeah, but I mean, that was. I said fifteen, but that was twenty-five years ago. Doing my math what are right? you talking about? Carrying the convention? Ninety-five. No, no, when when uh, Catan oh, yeah, was released. Twenty-five years. Yeah, so twenty-five years ago, you know that's a long time. Those people were. I mean, who even knows if they were playing board games at the time? You know, I was really. in first grade. Right. right. So I think that is a good Basic. point. Just like what was the what was the state of gaming at the time? Risk was out. Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, Risk yeah. was old by then. Was 95 yeah. the release date in the U.S. or in Germany? I know that I think is the German when the game was developed. So when did it get released in the U.S.? Probably later in 95 or 96? That's a 96? really great question for Wikipedia. <laughs> I saw 96, I think, in, in one of the, the rule books that I read today. Here's what's actually kind of interesting is the first edition was in 95, the second edition was 96, the third edition was 97, but the fourth edition came out 10 years later in 2007, and then the fifth edition came out in 2015. Wow. So there's well, that pretty, is weird. gained popularity. Pretty massive gaps between It like fell off for a decade. Mm-hmm. And then it like really picked up. There was something I read earlier that said so pre two thousand seven, which was the fourth yeah. edition, right? Yeah. So pre two thousand seven, the game didn't have any borders, so it was just mm-hmm. the hexes that went together. But there was no borders holding them all together. So if you if you bought the game before two thousand seven, then they they sold like a like a pre two thousand seven like game modifying pack that gave hmm. you borders. Vanessa, what um, what's your take on on your question? Why do you think gamers look down on Catan? I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily with like that question. I don't necessarily like. I guess care that they look down on it, but I think it's interesting that it is like the gateway drug that leads to other games because I think, I think it. I think it's one of the most enjoyable games I've ever played. I really love Catan. I think it's. It's like super, super fun, especially when you do all the expansions. And I think it definitely leads you into being like interested in board games in general, where you're like, you want to learn about how to like play other games and strategize other things. And so I, I, I don't know necessarily what quality is it is about Catan that that makes you feel that way, but I definitely think it is like a gateway drug into other games. I think it's interesting to note that what you guys were saying about the average age of like the the people that were at that convention that were sort of like putting it down and then like the average age of like the people that we know in our lives who have fun with it there's just like a pretty big like gap there you know where it's like i know it came out when like maybe they were experiencing board games and now they look down on it as like 
being old or outdated or like not that cool, but the new generation is now coming up and having like a lot of fun with it. Um, so I'm not sure. There's like something there where there's like a lot of there's like a pretty big age gap that's pretty significant. Yeah, there. it's true. I think there is something going on there. Boomers. Boomers. I mean, boomers. Definitely boomers. <laughs> at, at that I wasn't going to say it, but that's <laughs> I'll fend in the room. I'll bring it up. I, I mean, at that convention, when they talked about it, it was during the the uh, auction, and they were auctioning off a game of Catan, and they're like, we're going to do Catan, and like people were like, there was like an audible thing from the audience of like, duh. And then the person like paused from it and they're like, no, Catan is like what got a lot of us into gaming in the first place. Like this is a, this is the game that got us all into it. And then people were like, all right, I'll bid a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, I mean, it wasn't that they were, it wasn't that they were like, yeah, they weren't like poo pooing on it and being like, this is a garbage game. We can't believe people play it. It was more of a like, I think how you described it, AJ, almost is like they're over it. They played it. They moved on. Yeah. Right. Huh. I haven't. It's moved interesting. On. I like it. For the sake of, you know, going quickly, <laughs> let's let's pretend Pause. like we're playing a four-player game. Okay, everyone in their mind, a four-player game. Got it. Would you rather be first, and you get to choose the best place on the board, and also the eighth best place on the board, or well, and or any position. What's your favorite position? Is really what I'm. <laughs> I was gonna like make it all dramatic with like or fourth. Yeah, I had my eyes closed. Or, I was ready. <laughs> yeah, or the fourth best position, but you also you get, get the fifth best position, and or you know or whatever. So where do you so, want to be in that? Yeah, I mean, I have my idea for what I have, so I'm curious for the the four of you. I'm a big I'm a big four banger. I like I like Josh to have the four. First pick of the ones that actually give you give you something good. What? I like the four or five. I like the four or five. Four or five. Gives you a little more, little more range. One of our guests. You go next. I'm with Josh. I like to be last so that I can, I mean, get the fourth best place. But then I think a lot of people don't it, it doesn't necessarily go down with like i'm first so i get to pick the best place because i think a lot of people kind of put off the best one in hopes that they'll get it on their second time so that they can get those resources and so when you're fourth you get like i can pick the one i'm going to get resources from and i get to pick the one that my other settlement goes on so i like to go last i'm gonna say it's got to be different i'm gonna say first yeah i want the i want the best i want to i want the pick of the the litter i want i want to Whatever I want, I want to take it. God, you're so first, first and such last. Such a man. <laughs> <laughs> the one. Josh, what do you got? Josh, already <laughs> went. Josh, I like, the, I like the four banger. <laughs> oh, that's right, the four banger. AJ, what do you got? About, I was thinking about the other two. Um, I like either first or sometimes, depending on the game, I like second. <laughs> second pick. Yeah, because I think that oftentimes there's not a whole lot of difference between first and second. Like, a lot of times first is like an eight and a five, but then there's also like a six and a nine. Mm. And so if you take the second pick, you're getting the same odds, but you also get to go one time earlier on the way back around. So, I I, I mean, I think it depends on the game for sure, but I, I definitely like first or second. What about if we're playing Catan? 
<laughs> the game. The game of Catan. Like the game of Catan? <laughs> yeah, you said it depends on the game. So when we're playing Catan. <laughs> I was like, like yeah, I've I didn't been get talking it. about like, the wrong game all podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I still like first or second. second okay. Just depending, we keep saying that. Depending on the game. <laughs> I think he means like depending on the time, like The luck. Right. Depending on the Just layout. The layout. The, layout. the variety. Josh, Josh knows what we mean. The variables. Vanessa, where are you at? Where where are you where are you picking? I mean, I think I would have agreed with Josh and Jeremy, but I'll just to change it up, pick third and sixth pick because Wow. I know. It's pretty badass. Why not? <laughs> you know, it's not first, but it's not last and then it's like the middle. The middle ground. If you like ain't Ricky should last. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, it's almost the same. So I think I won. It's almost I the think same I won. Sentiment. It's not first, but it's not last. <laughs> right. It's right in the middle, twice. Average. Average. I like average. <laughs> Being first, I strive you're for average. <laughs> All right, Josh, hit us with your question, man. What do you got? Robbie, why don't you hit us with the question? <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna switch us real quick. <laughs> um, I just I've been trying to think of a question. Yeah, I have it. I have one written down. I, okay. Yeah, let's go with your written down question while I continue to try to think of a question I have about this game. The game you've known we were going to record for. Well, okay. Well, the only yeah, question I have is Are the same fucking question I have about every game. And it's Rory's question. <laughs> That's a good That's question. The worst. What's Rory's question? Like, if you could make up a rule, what would be your variation to the game that you would make up? Ooh. They've already made. 42 expansions. Yeah, I was going to say that's tough. <laughs> 37 extensions, so. I mean, I... So hit me with your question, Robbie. But I'll get, I'll get a good one. Well, I think my question actually kind of is an answer to your question inadvertently, but... So when, when we learned to play this game, uh, we were bad, apparently, at reading rules, which is ironic because that's, like, my favorite thing. But we interpreted the rules to mean that when you when you gather your resources you keep them face up and you show them to the rest of the table so everybody can see what everybody has at all times that's for some reason and it's very clearly in the rules the other direction so i don't know why we did that but that's how we played it and so all 122 games that we've played are (laughs) are face up and so knowing that so you've never played a a real game of Catan? is that what we have no, we've we've played real ones, but the majority of our games are face up for sure. So I guess and and I think Josh and AJ, you guys have both played a face up game at this point, right? Yeah. Only the one time I played with just because they're the remote. So I guess I just want to know really quickly what you guys view as some pros and cons to each side. I think AJ and I both have the same answer, but AJ, you want to. You want to you want to go first, and I'll I, fill in the blanks. I don't have an answer. I don't know what pro there would be for face up. I oh yeah, I those think, are all the cons. That's what I was saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think that if a person wanted to, like, if you were a card counter, like, if you wanted to just remember all the resources that every single person had, you could, you could like know what they had anyway. I guess. So there's not like a lot of secrecy. It's not like a, it's not a game like Cult where you draw off the top of a deck. I guess like development cards are kept totally secret. You have no idea. 
Well, we yeah, and, and ours are secret too. So that's yeah, yeah. And I know you guys there. play those secret, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the like. All it comes down to is like, hey, I need ore. Does anyone want to trade me ore? Or and then people either say I don't have it or no. So I don't know. Like I guess I yeah. don't know what the difference really is. I don't think there's really pros and cons. I don't really see that much of a difference other than you can just, like, in your head, you can play out what you think the other person's strategy is. And I don't know why the game would, like, allow you to do that necessarily. So, I don't know. Pros and cons is, like, a hard question, I guess, is all I'm saying. I think it does. It changes. I think that changes a lot about the game, actually. I think a very big part of it is trying to kind of hide what you have because of the robber, because of what your your strategy, I think, again, asking people to count cards like that and remember that, you know, the specific things that everybody has, that's, that's a lot to remember, and it can fall easily by the wayside if you're not, you know, when it is hidden. So I think face up, uh, it really levels a lot of the playing field with experienced players. Um, everybody can kind of hone in on what people are trying to do and being able to see their resources. And then, you know, going off what AJ was saying, you can pick and choose where you put the robber because, you know, in a hidden game, you kind of go off, well, they have seven, you know, who has the most cards to choose from or who has very little cards that I know what they are. So in the hidden game, there's kind of, it, it, you have to pay more attention in the face up. Again, it's easier if you're experienced to follow along with people's strategy, maybe block it. I think it is kind of a, it does add a really fun kind of hindrance or whatever. It's just one more added thing that you have to deal with, with everybody knowing what you have. I get it. Yeah, I, I think it's fun. I think it's like a harder thing. I it's agree. I'm like totally with Josh. I think after playing mostly face up like where everyone can see your cards playing with people that are face like that are hiding their cards is so funny because they're so willing to trade with you and they're so they're just like they're just very freely giving of cards it's like almost like too easy it feels too easy to me every single time i play with people that are playing face down because i'm like like when i was playing the other night with you guys you know what i'm asking for or and people are just willingly giving me or but if they knew i had like a city coming up they wouldn't be as willing to do it i just i think whenever i've played face up like i've mostly played i think it's actually harder because people aren't willing to trade with you because they're playing way more defensively because they're like no fuck you like i'd rather fuck you over than get the brick that i need because if i give you this card then you're gonna build a city right now and that's gonna fuck us over because the barbarians are coming i mean there's like so many things that come into play and so i think personally i think face up is a lot harder and it's it's weird because we kind of accidentally walked into it but i definitely prefer face up because i think it's it adds like an element of like challenge because you people are not willing to trade with you as easily yeah i think go ahead jeremy no you go no go for it i'll I'll take the last word since it was my question all right um, I'm going to say the exact same thing Vanessa said. However, with the alt, the the exact opposite conclusion, which is I hate playing face up, and I played that way 122 games. Um, 
it, and I hate it. I don't like playing face up. I want to play because you just down. read those rules and they just say not to. I'm the one who it just, it. it just digs on you. I'm the one who pointed out that rule after playing with somebody else, and then I was like, "Wait, what?" And they're like, "Yeah, no. Why would you show everybody your cards? Then they're not going to trade with you." And I was like, "They don't trade with me ever." <laughs> and so I, I think like the main point of the game is to trade. Like that's a big part of the game is trading with other players and we don't trade when the three of us play like it's very rare if it happens at all um you never have like a crazy cool trade especially with vanessa she trades one-to-one in her benefit (laughs) only and so it it's but like specifically she can she'll like they'll look and say like oh i'm not going to give you a wood because then you'll build a settlement or i'm not going to give you blank because then you'll build whatever and that's the downside of playing face up um which i think partially defeats the purpose of the game is everybody can see your strategy you can't keep your next step hidden if that makes sense yeah i it to to take the most neutral i could see i mean i i guess i disagree with aj that i i think they're completely different so i agree with everybody else that's saying like when you have face up and face down it's like a night and day different game um i do think that people that created the game meant for trading to happen so i think that that is why it's face down because because it does eliminate the trading you're you're not going to give somebody a resource that gives them something that gains them points when you're only taking a road for example like you're not going to give somebody a settlement for a road it's just it's a bad trade but if you're face up or face down if, if you can't see each other's cards then you might do that just to further your your plan you know um so i i do think they play very differently and uh I think they do have their pros and cons. I think I think if you are playing face up, it really um, it eliminates the little bit of a wild card situation where you're like, somebody give me an ore and then I'm gonna build a city and, and gain some points. Whereas face when when people can see your cards, like they're just not gonna do that. And so you have to you have to be a little bit more cunning and you have to kind of like find a different way to get what you want somehow. You have to sweeten the pot. Maybe you you can see that I'm not going to give you a road for a city. That's never going to work. But I will give you a settlement for a city. Like if I give you the resources for a settlement, maybe you will give me the resources for a city. And so the the trading that actually does happen is a lot more mutually beneficial than in the game where we play face down. And, and especially when there's more people, like there's somebody who's always losing. And it's like, oh, I'm so happy to get a road like yay for me and then i'm just gonna give jeremy a city and jeremy's gonna go win the game you know like and then everybody else in the game is like pissed off at that you're like why would you give them like why would you do that i know you built a road and that's good for you but now he's gonna go win the game you know um and i think that gets eliminated a little bit when you when you play face up so it it plays very differently in that in that sense i have a i have a counter argument to that i mean i don't know how many games i've played face down where like a player just didn't like understand enough of the game to know not to trade in a certain situation that would like win the game for another person i think that's always becomes obvious like if you but that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying win the game i know like if it comes down to the win if somebody's winning the game then people stop trading with them but both you and vanessa are trying to make the point that like it's harder to play the game face up therefore like the most the more experienced player should be able to play face up 
and still play. And I think like I like as I play, I I can't I can't count cards by any means, but I I know what like cities your like I know what your cities are on, and I know what your settlements are on, and I know that if I trade you an ore, like you're gonna you know you're gonna be that close to a city. Like I don't know specifically what cards you have, but I have. And it's not like I have no idea what you have. I just no, like I it just pinpoints that even more. It yeah, takes that it, and it I says guess it, you're it, you're gonna build. A, I know exactly what you're gonna do with the resource I'm gonna give you. It takes all that guesswork completely mm-hmm. out of it, for better or worse. I'm not even saying right. Yeah, that's I'm not true. even saying that's better or worse, but it takes or that guesswork completely worse. out of it. Like you're you know exactly what they're gonna do. That's true. I mean, it gives every player like it 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 hands you like the the spreadsheet of what every other player is like about to about to do like or at least their potential of what they could do building right. towards yeah. yeah which which i i can see the the argument that it, that takes away from the spirit of the game you know but i just don't like the i just don't like the argument that it's like that it's like if you know it's like harder to do it face up i just don't think it's harder to do it face up i mean i think I, it is i don't I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that we're going to agree on this. But yeah, I think it definitely is because I don't think you can convince people to give you things as easily. I think you have to come by them on your own. Like like, like, and like I said, I, I've played mostly face up, but whenever I play face down, it's so easy to get what I want. Like, it's so easy to get what I want. But it's so much harder to like ask someone for ore. They just tell you to fuck off right away. You know, you have to like be able to like think about how you're going to get it yourself. When I play with anybody other than these two and we're playing like face down, like I like when I'm playing with them, I have to strategize when I'm even placing my first settlements of like, okay, I know that I'm going to have to get if I don't settle on wheat, then I need to settle on something that will give me at least four of these so I can trade at a four to one. Like it doesn't even cross my mind of like, oh, I could trade one to one with somebody else in the game. Like that's not even it's almost like that rule doesn't exist. The whole domestic trade thing doesn't exist because there's no way that they're going to give me any oats for my ore or, you know, any alfalfa for my wood. Right. You know? Yeah. Will they give you hay for your rock at least? <laughs> Jesus. Is there, are there pebbles? <laughs> since, since I'm not sure we're going to like agree on this point, I think, uh, I think it's an interesting answer to your question, Josh, of like when of a fun rule modification that does change the way the game plays out a little bit. Right. Is is to just play with the cards face up, you know? Mm-hmm. Changes everything. If you want to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Jeremy, what's your question? I don't have a good enough question. I just, thought you had one. I did and it's shit after hearing your guys' questions. <laughs> what is it? It's fine. There's we answered a lot of questions. My my question was just, what do you do when people in the game refuse to trade? <laughs> <laughs> but do they only refuse to trade because of the rule modification? No, we just hate him. No, I wouldn't trade with him. Yeah, we just don't regardless. trade with him. Yeah, he's, he's, he wins. He's, he's like he's Hitler there. and secret Hitler. You just don't trade I think yeah, you don't. I think I'd continue to not trade with them because it seems to be working out with <laughs> for you. So yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, Jeremy, don't respect. Maybe you're still just winning. Don't trade. <laughs> yeah, what the hell are you complaining Maybe about? Maybe I need to develop my strategy and not trade it with anyone. 
<laughs> Convince them not to trade with you. Yeah, hey, I will. You don't trade with me. You got it? It is a weird shitty conundrum when no one will give you anything and you're not rolling anything and you have like two re- you have like two ore and you're sitting on two ore <laughs> or for like ore and like, brick you can't build shit yeah <laughs> and you just are you're begging people to trade you and they just won't you know it's it's shitty i think that's also another like just thing that a three-player game adds if you would just add i mean whether you play face up face, face. down you add that one extra player this like speaks to I think was it Vanessa's point earlier where it just it just adds a whole or I think maybe Jeremy's it just adds a whole different thing. I mean you just all of a sudden you have a whole another person to trade with, you know? So like mm-hmm. the whole like they won't trade with me just sort of is a little bit like figured out, maybe not entirely, but it helps for sure. That's true. I mean the more people there are, then the more people that will are willing to trade with you because they might they might benefit from the one thing you're offering them. Whereas if there's one other person, it's either they benefit or they don't, and you either get it or you don't, but there's really no options. All right, let's get into ratings, shall we? I think we shall. Okay, now before we get into ratings, Jeremy and Vanessa, we haven't talked about this, but you guys need to come up with your own uh, thing that that you love (laughs) about games, and then you need to rate this game on that thing. (laughs) Is that big enough? Yes. Think about things you like and then rate it. Woo-woo. I'm going to go first, and I'm not going to break mine down as much. I'm going to no, go quickly <laughs> do what you want to do, man. I can't wait to hear agents. That's what I want to hear about. All right. Ratings. I think that uh, Catan is uh, easy to play. I think it's it's kind of difficult to – it's it's a medium on on level of how hard it is to master. I think that it takes a little bit of time. Um, and I don't think I think the variability of the game is so you can't master it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's a medium, and I think it's actually a pretty lengthy game to learn. I think that I think that the rule book is is pretty hefty as far as uh, games go. Um, not the worst, but definitely not the easiest. So um, and then I think that it's a really fun game to compare to real life, like settling on a city or putting your your settlement in the middle of some resources and then depending on some some luck you know those those hexes produce something for you i think that's pretty cool to real life you know um you could you could think of it like weather or um just whether the land produces what you're asking it to produce or whatever so i'm gonna give it overall um i'm gonna give it an eight nice got realism into it this week on rules and playability. I love it. AJ, you're up. Does that mean I'm up? Sweet. Yeah. All right, just to reload my thought process behind strategy for our guests, a game that had a strategy rating of zero or one for me would be like flipping a coin, where there's no strategy involved, it's all luck, and away you go. You can just win. Like, great, I, I flipped it tails. So that being said... Catan is, in my opinion, first and foremost, a dice-based game. I think trading has a lot to do with it. I think there is some strategy involved, but I think more often than not, the player that wins rolled the best during that game. That being said, I'm going to give it a 6. And actually, the only reason I'm giving it a six is because the strategy that that is involved after the dice-based 
part of it I really love. And I think you can like really like take some strides to better your situation. But in my opinion, all in all, it comes down to most of it is dice-based, so I, I'm not going to go bigger than a six on this game. Wow. Big six. That's surprising to me. I like it. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah, makes sense. It's like we, we talked about it. Our scales are all messed up because <laughs> yeah, we're no. rating like the most random stuff. But yeah, yeah <clears throat> makes sense. I do the replayability. I uh, like games you can play over and over and over again. Um, and I think that this game, based on everybody, I believe, said it once or twice, the variance and the randomness of setting it up and the amount of expansions and extensions and ways you can change it make it a very replayable game and i'm gonna give it a 10 a 10 a 10 sorry fuck i went and got a beer it's a 10 <laughs> <laughs> top right. score nice man i'm glad somebody so gave play. it a 10 hey man it's a great game it's hard it's a very good game it, i mean it says the six all right jeremy guess number one all right my favorite thing about games is the quickness of the game in terms of like beginning to end how long did it take um at which does that mean you love games but you don't like them to take a long time yes i don't like games to take he's like the opposite of robbie robbie loves rules jeremy doesn't want to hear fucking shit about rules I'm, so you hate risk. No wonder yes. Jeremy hates risk. Fuck <laughs> risk. Um, no, I like games to take a short amount of time. Like I want it to be fun, but I want them to be quick. And then if they're fun and quick, and I can play them again, then like maybe we'll play a second game. That's fine. We can do it again. It's almost like a ratio in terms of like fun to length of game. Like if it's really fun, but it's really really long, that's kind of not as fun. Or it's not as awesome as a game. Or if it's like really short, but it's also a lame game, then that's also off. So I think for Catan, it's a it, it's a pretty long game. It can go a really long time, especially as you get into the expansion. Sometimes those last victory points are a pain to get, and it'll take you all night to play it. Um, it's not a game you play twice in a row just because it's too long. Um, for that, I'm going to say it's about at a seven in terms of it's just it's a long game. Nice. That is not what I expected you to say. What'd you surprise expect? Me. <laughs> the guy who's kicking your ass thinks it's about a seven, no big deal. <laughs> but honestly, he hates like all games, so I feel like that's pretty high for him. <laughs> that's pretty high. I mean, I don't know. Seven's mind. like his ten. <laughs> all right, Vanessa, what's your category? Did you come up with it? Yeah, I don't know if it's much different, but I'm going with creativity. And I've decided, <laughs> I decided I like creativity from like the game writer's perspective because i think when we were thinking about like um i think it was josh's question about like how you would change the game it's like really hard to even think about like what rule you would add because they've been so creative and all their expansions and stuff like that Mm. so i think like there is like not a lot to adapt because it is just such a creative game and so i'm giving it a 10 a ten. A ten. A fucking ten. Yeah. Vanessa, will you go to prom with me? Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Josh, did you hear what I said? Yeah, you where, get prom. Where you can. Nice, Vanessa. You got the prom invite. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited. 
<laughs> of course, I was very sexist for the whole show, so I had to Thank you. invite invite the lady I think, to prom. <laughs> I think only one time. If I had given length of game a 10, would I have been invited to prom? Cheers, <laughs> all pissed. God damn it. <laughs> I can't win. I can't win. Just kidding. Yes, we're you tough guests. Taking two people to prom. <laughs> all right, Josh, you got the overall? Eight, eight point something. 8.2. If I had to say anything, I'd say it's a 8.2. 8.2. Catan, 8.2. <laughs> Just behind uh, Hitler, 8.4. Good. good job for the 10s. I mean, AJ really fucked it with the 6. But You know what? This is a dice good game. Job. What do you want? Hey, there's a you card love variant. Dice games. I do love them. Doesn't mean it's good strategy. So you're saying it's there's no true. strategy in craps? I'm saying there's a mm. 6 out of 10 mm. in craps. Oh, you give craps a 6? I don't know. I haven't thought about it, but I gave it a six. I didn't give it a three. Maybe that should be the next board game. All right, that's craps. fair. Craps. craps. Vegas, Vegas style. Recording Vegas style location craps. in Vegas. Yeah. True. <laughs> we'll just stay for a uh, month and do like four different games. Yeah. Nah, I wish. All right, everybody, that wraps up our episode on Catan. Thanks for joining us. I want to remind you that if you are interested in getting in contact with us, with us if you want to send us uh, an email, if you want to send us a suggestion on a game to play, if you have some questions for us, you can contact us at any of our social media outlets uh, at BGSC Podcast, or you can email us at BoardGameSocialClub at gmail.com. All right, guys, we had a ton of fun doing Catan with you guys today. If it's a game that you guys want to buy um, based on our podcast here, we have a link in the podcast description below. If you want to click on that, it will take you right over to Amazon. You can buy that for yourself. Coming up next in a couple weeks, we are going to tackle a game called Ticket to Ride, and we're really excited. None of us have really played this game before, heard some good things, but uh, we're pretty new to it. So we're pretty excited about that. Otherwise, Josh... What do you got for us? All right, again, we want to thank all you guys for listening to the BGSE, and we do want to thank our guests for joining us, Jeremy and Vanessa, this time. And we'll see you guys next time around the tabletop. Bye now. Also, when that dirty bitch is relocated... <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Not very good with that. Vanessa <laughs> just loves the word sumbitch. Apparently. Especially in writing. I'm pretty sure it's spelled. son of a bitch, but some bitch. Yeah, I it, you spelled, spelled it right. Yeah. You it, it didn't even bring up like an autocorrect. It's not like it's a misspelling. There's no there's no red squiggly underline. That's the accurate spelling, it turns out. Well, I got southern <laughs> southern spelling on. All right. <laughs> Unpause.